Well, here we are. The band is back together. We sure are. Uh, how you Greetings, doing, man? everybody. Welcome. Thanks for joining us once again. <laughs> uh, it's, it's great to have you back. We, you've been missed, my brother. Thank you. Um, had a great time in Uganda for the last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I was I was in Uganda with Mike Mike Hammond for two weeks at Motomioni, and uh, we had a wonderful time. We we did a going deeper for five days. Um, I trained some of the staff um, in sort of a, how to run a business, and then we spent a couple of days with Ingrid's team, um, just encouraging them and and so on. But yeah. It was it was wonderful. It was bang slap in the middle of the rainy season, so we had hot weather, top twenties, glorious sunshine, and then you'd hear the thunder moving around, and then you know a very intense storm, twenty minutes, and then back to the glorious sunshine. Wow! Except one one night we had a storm for an hour and a half, lightning, thunder, wind. And even the Ugandans said it was a really, really wild storm. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, really, really good time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We saw some of the photos. It's, it's, I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous there, right? Right by the, the Nile. Can you, can you, where is it in Uganda? Like as far as it's by the River Nile, but like, is yeah. it, is it close to any major cities? Yeah. It's um, very close, just on the edge of, just outside Jinja. And Ginger is the second or third city of Uganda, which sits um, at the sort of on the northern edge of Lake Victoria, um, probably about halfway along the top of Lake Victoria. Um, you've got Ginger and Ginger is the town where the River Nile flows out of Lake Victoria. So there's now a dam at the end of the lake and a a hydroelectric power station and we were probably we're probably two kilometers down river mm. from um the the dam in ginger mm. so it's absolutely stunningly beautiful mm. and i took over 600 photos mainly of birds <laughs> um but it was it was great we had a really really good time with the going deeper week at the beginning we had mm. it's quite a small group but it was just it was just they were just a lovely group, and mm. um, we had we had a really really good week. Uh, the only downside was um, a touch of the old food poisoning, which um, I shan't go into too much detail. But it knocked me out for twenty four hours. Wow! <laughs> but you're back at it now. I'm back at it. Came yeah. straight home. Good Friday. Got home early morning and had all the family over Easter weekend, which was fun. Um, and now it's just been a nice quiet week <laughs> yeah well we missed you my brother and it's good to have you back and now uh there's something happening in like i mean for us on the calendar it's less than three weeks from us that's right yeah we have um some exciting events happening at the beginning of may um barry and ann are coming over to the netherlands and to the uk mm -hmm. and we are doing a conference together in uh, Helfort in the Netherlands from Thursday the 4th of May to Sunday the 7th. And that's kind of residential. Um, and then the following week from Friday the 12th to Sunday the 
14th of May, we're in Gloucester in the UK with our good friends Wes and Sharon Boxall at their church. And then on Sunday the 14th, we go up to Bridge North uh, where we just do an evening session there. So all of the details and information is on the fatherheart.uk website. If you go to fatherheart.uk forward slash deeper homecoming and deeper homecoming has got a little dash between the two words uh, or just go to the events and you'll find it there. All of the information, booking forms um, are there. We've still got places at Hellvault, um, a few spaces left. So book quickly if you want to join us. Um, we would love to see you. Uh, and of course, the, the one in Gloucester is uh, non-residential, Friday evening and Saturday, and then Sunday morning in the church. Um, you need to sign up, you need to register, but it's kind of much more flexible, you know, you can come for as much or as little as you want to come for. Mm. Um, apart from that, I think, well, um, I can say it for myself, I am very much looking forward to seeing Barry and Anne and, I, <laughs> and uh, having some fun together. Yes, it's been, I mean, this is, I mean, it's been nine years in the making, you know, really, it it's nine years since uh, our last planned trip to both the Netherlands and into the UK. And uh, we had to cancel that trip because of our daughter's illness. But uh, here it took nine years and, of course, a little bit of a delay with COVID. But, uh, you know, we, we actually are it's actually becoming a reality. And yeah, we're, and we're looking forward to I mean, just I mean, Mark and I have been good friends for I don't know over 20 years now right and just like just being together and and of course uh, the lovely Fiona and uh, and my wife is coming which is I'm just thrilled to bits that she could come and and just join the, in the the adventure and I remember the time that Mark and I were actually in the Netherlands and we had uh, we were at a farm and and uh, shared a yeah, a room in in uh, the, a conference there, and I got my head stuck to the ground, and and, <laughs> and all kinds of all kinds of fun things happen uh, as far as in in prayer ministry, where I kind of I had my brain flushed and I couldn't process thought for now, for a little bit. Now, does this come into to our talk later on, Barry? Or well, I think it actually. What happened? <laughs> I th I think it I think it's actually I, I never thought of it, but I I've uh, I think it's actually appropriate. Um, and just to say this, because I mean, we're talking about weakness today and talking about weakness, uh, <clears throat> it was during a prayer ministry time and the, the speaker came and he was praying for people and he, he prayed for me and he put his hand on my stomach and all of a sudden it was just like I bent over and I wasn't like just like this contracting in my stomach and I found myself with my head stuck to the ground with still on my feet, like I was bent over in this very undignified position. And when I asked, was. yeah, it was. And when I asked the Lord what was happening, He just said, you know, not audibly, but in my heart, He said, "Barry, you have a very active thought life, and I'm just flushing every one of your toxic thoughts into the carpet, like you flush a toilet." <laughs> And so when I was able to unstick my head, I couldn't string two thoughts together. And that was the, and Mark was there for that. I mean, we had to go from Holland to England and we had to travel. We had to get in a taxi to get to the train station and get in there. And I, I just, Mark had to lead me by the hand because I could not process thought. Unfortunately, my mind did come back. And, <laughs> It did, but I had to lead him through the airport and I had to make it show your passport now, Barry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was a little bit worried at Heathrow because I would go through the sort of, you know, the residence 
um, passport line and he had to go through the, the visitors. Yeah. And I was just a little bit worried he might get to the desk and go, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he did manage that little bit. Yeah. And then we, um, we came here and yeah. Yeah, I believe that. There, story yeah, I, to tell. I believe it was some angelic assistance at that moment when I was uh, going through uh, customs. So, but yes, I mean we are talking about weakness today, and uh, I think this is something that uh, I, I, I want to say we're, Mark and I are both experts at <laughs> in the sense that we know how to be weak. That's that's the part I that we what, know. Barry, I certainly learned about being weak in yes <laughs> when I was suffering of. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, so we're just going to be two little boys that are just going to be unpacking, you know, just this glorious sense of living loved uh, in, our, in, our, in the midst of our weakness, I think is, is uh, it, you know, to me, it's the best news ever. And um, yeah, so yeah, I, I, is there anything, any other announcements that we need to get through before we, we start? No, I don't or? Think so. We're good. Would you mind opening in prayer? Then, uh, then I'll just start with some opening thoughts, and then you know we'll sure. back and forth and see where we go. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence once again. Mm. Thank you that you're with each person uh, who's watching this live, each person who watches later. And Father, thank you that you love each one of us with an everlasting love. Yeah. And Father, just as we talk and share this evening may these may they may be your words mm. father would you encourage us and yeah. show us the power of weakness father thank you for the insight that the apostle paul had into this and mm. the secrets that he unlocks for us and may our hearts be open to receive and may our hearts be open as well father to let go mm to let go of our pride, to let go of our independence, to let go of our feeling that we have to have it all together mm. and just find that deeper dependency on you, yeah, that deeper reliance on your life in us. And so, Father, I just pray as Barry kicks this off that uh, you would just give him your words mm. and that our hearts would be open to hear and receive all that you want to say hmm. amen amen my brother thanks so much i'll 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 just have some thoughts and i'll i'll be back Get in a back yeah. okay see you in a bit so yeah i mean i think you know when i i mean what we joke about saying that we're we're kind of experts in weakness it's not experts in teaching on weakness but it's that it's really kind of knowing what it means to be weak and i think one of the the, the big things for me in this revelation of the Father Heart of God for over it's almost 25 years now is this 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 um, groundbreaking, earth-shaking idea that that the Father absolutely loves us in, in our weakest moments. And, you know, and this comes back to me being raised in a home where, you know, I, I, I really thought that love equaled uh, approval, which equaled performance. And then the harder that I worked, the more that I would have the hope of being affirmed. And, and of course, with failure comes shame. And so this idea of being loved when you fail, love when you, you know, you're not leaping tall buildings at a single bound, um, it was really foreign to me, you know. And, and of course, in our culture that we live in, you know, we, we, are, we live in a culture that just 
celebrates strength, uh, celebrates coming first. I mean, if you look at the Olympics, uh, I mean, there are honors for, you know, the silver medals and bronze medals and, and, and so on. But but really, what everybody is striving for is the gold medal. Everybody wants to be the winner and nobody likes to lose. And so I think in culture, it, it, and even in church culture, uh, if we are not really having an accurate understanding of the love of God, that we would we can be afraid to fail because we feel that uh, that somehow that that exposes something in us or afraid to be weak. So we we, we push all these things down. And uh, but it's interesting when when you look at even the Old Testament, you know, God has always used weak people. I mean, we might not like to think that we might <laughs> like to think because we, you know, we have this idea of, of some of the heroes. But, you know, King David, I mean, he was a man, you know, kind of a man's man. You know, he's a king. He was a worship leader. He was a warrior. But he was a very broken man. And he is the one in uh, uh, that said in Psalm 51 verse 16 that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. And it was a revelation of weakness that really, I, I really believe, uh, kind of qualified him in that sense to be a man after God's own heart, that there was a breaking in his life. And of course, if we know, you know, his his family life, you know, there was, all, he had all kinds of challenges. His his, uh, his father-in-law was trying to kill him. I mean, he he had uh, some some real uh, struggles in his own life. And then, of course, we know of Jacob, and uh, you know, the idea in, in Genesis thirty-two. You know, Jacob he he's going to meet his his brother the next day, Esau, who he hadn't he hadn't seen for years, and and so he was worried, right? He thought that Esau was going to kill him because Jacob stole the blessing from him. And he ended up wrestling with an angel all night. And at the end of the night, you know, he's he's wrestling with this angel, and and the angel's not prevailing. And and Jacob basically says, "I'm not letting you go until you bless me." And the the angel of the Lord or the Lord Himself, you know, touched his hip, the hip socket, and he dislocated his hip. And and Jacob was transformed in that moment from not only being. Jacob, but his he got a new name, and it was Israel. And, and but from that moment on, I mean, his nature changed. You know, he was he was a conniver. He was a strong. He was a deceiver. He, you know, he tried to manage things, get all the angles. But from that moment on, he walked with a limp for the rest of his life, a physical limp. But that physical encounter with him, you know, just absolutely changed him. And you know, it, and it was really an encounter with weakness. And I think of even Gideon, and if you guys know the, the story of Gideon, and I, you know, we won't go into the story, but here's this guy who is, you know, the, the I think it was the, the Philistines were, were raiding Israel, just just devastating the nation. And, you know, he was hiding in a wine press. <laughs> and this, this angel comes to him in Judges chapter 6, and he says, oh, you know, mighty warrior, speaks to, to Gideon. And, he, and basically, Gideon said, you know, I'm, a, I'm the least of my family. And my family is the least of this clan, and my clan is the least of my tribe. So basically, what he was saying is, man, I am hiding. I am. I'm the least of the least, and and yet this angel was saying, you know, you're this mighty man of God, and you know, we even think of in the New Testament, you think of um, the Apostle Paul, and you know, in the early part of his ministry. You know, he was defending his role as an apostle, you know, because there was these super apostles that are, were around, and, and he was kind of defending his right to be an apostle. But by the 
the end of his life, he was saying that he was the least of all saints and even the the chief of sinners. And so, you know, there was something that happened in the process of of even Paul's life where something in him was broken. And in that brokenness, you know, we he saw something and, and, and Mark mentioned it in, in his prayer that, you know, if we, we look at that revelation of weakness that Paul had, and I believe it's Second Corinthians twelve, where he had a thorn in the flesh, and you know he he three times he sought the Lord to remove this thorn, and then you know after three times and it wasn't going away, that Jesus appeared to him, and he had this revelation that my my grace is made, is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness, and it was like. In that moment, see, Paul was a strong guy. I'm not saying, I, I think physically he might have been a smaller man, but, you know, intellectually, theologically, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was uh, passionate. He had zeal that exceeded all the other Pharisees. So he was passionate. He was strong. But in this moment, he had this revelation of weakness that when we are weak, then we are strong because it's the Christ's power is made perfect in our weakness. And so Paul has this this revelation, right? This aha moment where he says, well, then if that's the case, I'm going to boast in my weakness that the power of Christ might rest upon me. And think about that. You know, what does that mean? What does that practically mean in, in 2023 in the world system that we live in, a system that doesn't celebrate weakness? We hide our weakness. We try to protect ourselves from being weak and being vulnerable because we feel that if, we're, if we are who we really are, that people will judge us and maybe we'll be rejected. But I truly believe the more that the love of God comes to us and the more that the Father himself picks us up at our lowliest moment and just loves us and 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 that's what happens in my life and you know and I I in some ways I wish it didn't I wish I wish it was a a a, a different experience but it's like when I feel the Father's love the most, even now, is not when I'm, you know, doing these great exploits or feeling really good about myself. When I feel his love the most, the most substantial manifestation of his love and his presence is when I feel like least deserve it and I experience his love. Because, you know, there's still that little boy in me that just feels like, well, to be to live in love, to experience love, I have to do something to earn or deserve it. So when I feel like I'm weak and I'm maybe I'm afraid or maybe I'm discouraged or whatever that is, and the Father comes and He just loves on us. And He just He just loves on me. He says, Oh, Barry, I love you in this very moment. You see, I believe that that it, that is the absolute best news ever. I don't know if uh, for our friends in England, there was a, a, a hero in the kingdom named George Mueller, and he founded these orphanages. And by faith, he was feeding thousands of orphans every day and just trusting God. And there's all kinds of stories of how God came in at the last moment when there was no food on the table. You know, whether that was a bread truck breaking in front of the one of the orphanages at supper time, and that they had to give all the food away because they couldn't deliver the food or however. And he said something. He said, God begins where human effort ends. And, you know, I think that's one of the the tensions that we have is because when we are at that place where we're at the end, it's it can be a scary thing if God doesn't rescue us. There's there's no plan B. But I truly believe the more that we believe that God is a father to us, 
and you know, he's a father to the fatherless, and he brings the you know the lonely into families, and you know he's for the underdog. You know, I I just love how Paul the apostle opens up First Corinthians chapter one, and I believe it starts at around verse twenty five, twenty six, where where God's uh, where Paul says that God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He's chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He's chosen the poor things of the world to confound the rich. And you know what that means for me, honestly? It means that I, I, I'm in. I, I'm not disqualified. That it's that God in his infinite heart for us, he he's just it's just like he takes the kingdom world, the kingdom system, you know, or the kingdoms of this world, the power systems and and it just turns it on its head. And I think that's, you know, again partly why I I've been so enamored with this revelation of that God uh is pleased to reveal the kingdom to children and those with a childlike heart. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus said, and except you receive the kingdom like a little child, you're you're just not going to enter into it. And so, you know, it's this idea of, of living in weakness and like, what does that mean? And so I know Mark's going to have some thoughts on that as well. Uh, we'll have a conversation about it. But the, I think one of the, the hallmarks of this revelation of the Father's love is that it be it begins to permission us to to not feel like we have our act together, but that we can be honest, we can be transparent, we can be who who God created us to be, and we can be weak and be able to live with that tension. That um, you know, <clears throat> it, it's uh, it's like I think of the weakness actually kind of brings. A, a humbling in our lives. I don't know, maybe if not for anybody else, but for me, it, it, it's humbling. It's to to be able to not be as strong as you would like to be. But, you know, that's where, you know, and I think of in James chapter four, it says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. You know, and that's where I just believe it. Like, it's not humiliating yourself, but it's just coming with that childlike humility and say, Papa, I got, will you lift me up? Will you carry me? Because I can't do this to myself. And I think that's where we begin to learn how to live a life of complete dependence. So that's just my my own thoughts. And I'm just going to bring in Mark and uh, just get your thoughts on it, mate. Thanks. Um yeah, I was just thinking as you were, you were talking, Barry, about the thorn in the flesh, that um, Paul talks about that as a messenger of Satan to torment him. Mm. He says, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. He pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient because my power is made weakness is made perfect in weakness and Paul then accepts that thorn in the flesh mm. you know he it's he sees it as a messenger from Satan but he turns it round and says okay if this is what is going to make me weak then um, I'm gonna boast in in my weaknesses and it's like he turns that negative thing around mm. and it becomes something that exposes um, the power of, of weakness mm. and the futility of you know performance and self-sufficiency and 
you know, we often talk about, oh, it's my thorn in the flesh or that's, mm. you know, and we, we kind of recognize it in ourselves and we know, we probably know what it is for us. And, you know, those things we struggle with, those things that are constantly sort of um, giving us grief. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, like Paul, we want, we desperately want to be free yeah. of the thorn in the flesh. Um, but Paul didn't get rid of his thorn. It's, you know, it stayed there. Yeah. And sometimes we have to carry that, that thorn in the flesh. It's like you were saying, Barry, um, with, with Jacob and Esau. You know, Jacob limped. He had a limp for the rest of his life because mm -hmm. of that encounter. And, you know, I guess he probably wanted to be free of it. He probably would like to walk normally, but he had a limp. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul would like to have got rid of his thorn but he didn't. Mm. And, you know, these two things, it's like, can we be comfortable with them? Mm. Because if we can become comfortable with them, it allows us to stop striving, stop mm. performing, stop trying to be self-sufficient. And it's, it's that weak, it's that, it's, it's, I guess it's that thing that is humbling, like having a limp or a thorn in the flesh. It's a, mm. it's a humbling thing, but that enables us to walk in weakness. Mm. And, you know, of course we all want to be free of the thorn in the flesh, mm. but I wonder if we, we actually have to turn it round. And say, yeah, this this might be a messenger from Satan. Yeah, this is clearly something mm. that is is humbling, but I am going to use this, or I'm going to allow it to let the power of God be seen more clearly. Mm. Um, and that's quite a humbling thing, I think, isn't it? It's you know, letting go is always humbling. And it's it's probably something we're not very good at. <laughs> but whenever we let go, what we're saying is is we we're saying I can't do this. Right. You know, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't do this in my own ability. But I know someone who can. You know, mm. and that's when we say I, I'm going to let go, but I'm going to let my father do it. You know, Jesus said, um, "Father, thank you." it was your good pleasure to hide these things from the wise and learned mm. and reveal them to the little children this was your good pleasure and um jesus says you know quite often he says and unless you humble yourselves and change and become like little children you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven and so this journey of weakness that we're talking about it's 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 a letting go. Mm. It's humbling. Um, and it takes the spotlight off us. Mm. <laughs> you know, we've, we love the spotlight on us. Well, I, you know, some of us love the spotlight on us. But actually, in turn, when we let go, we're, we're saying, actually, I don't want the spotlight. Yeah. But, you know, I want to bring glory and honor to my father because mm. actually it's all down to him. Mm. No, that is that's absolutely right. I I think that, and I think one of the again when what I mentioned that I think is is uh, has been a real struggle for me, and I'd say you know it's a continuum that we're all on, but it's this understanding of of being loved in the midst of that, 
right? And yeah. like it's being because it's like how can we be loved when we're weak? How can we be loved when we're not productive? How can we be loved when we're not performing or we feel like we failed or we feel like we're insufficient? And and I yeah. think I think the reality is we all have those feelings inside of us in in varying degrees and a very you know different times and ba- you know based on circumstances and things but it's like <clears throat> wouldn't it be nice to be able to to be honest and and really transparent with one another with our struggles right I, and i don't mean it being something where we're complaining or, or or being you know super needy and all you know trying to get attention i mean just being transparent you know like yeah. like if we just say you know how how are you doing today you know it's like what is the response like the like if you it's not a good day <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's not like we can really say well you know it's i'm struggling today right but if we're struggling you know the father sees we're struggling and i just i just think that the more that we can experience being loved there like that's kind of the baseline that's like when we are you know we aren't there's no reason to be able to experience that affirmation i think then i mean the sky's the limit i mean as far as living in a place of if you're loved there then you're loved all the time right yeah and and being able to have that any of that fear of of um yeah, just vulnerability, even right. Like, in, you know, you you know, in leadership and pastoral ministry, and you know, um, it's like you. There's a pressure that can be on people to be having everything together, right? Having all the answers and everything else. And I think you know, I think there's a tremendous freedom when we're able to release that to God and and live yeah. in that place of being loved. Yeah, I, you know, I I look at. I look at my relationship with my kids, I look at my relationship with my grandkids, and my love for them is nothing to do with their performance, it's nothing to do with what they do, it's nothing to do with what they achieve. Um, you know, I love them because I love them because I love them. And that's how the Father loves us. He just loves us because He loves us because He loves us. And it's it's we equate subconsciously maybe without thinking about it maybe without knowing what we're doing but there's something in us that equates love with being a reward yeah you know i mean you know in many cases like you said when you perform you're rewarded you know yeah. you win the the race you get a gold medal and people think they failed if they come second and get the right. silver medal i mean to be honest if i could get out there on a the track I, and came last i'd be happy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we we equate love as as a reward yeah. um and yeah we don't realize it's, it's love is unconditional mm. the father's love for us is unconditional and it, it always whenever i'm trying to think about how how the father relates to us and how he thinks about us um i just think of my own kids mm. and i think yeah if i love my kids irrespective of what they've done achieved or whatever you know then how much more mm. the father loves us and it, it's always for me barry it's always the how much more yeah you know this is how i love my kids this is how i love my grandkids but how much more mm. does he love us? Yeah. And he 
you know, sure, Ephesians 2 says that he's prepared good works in advance for us to do. You know, and I encourage all of us, you know, what are those good works that have got our name on? Do them with all of your heart. Yeah. But that's not going to improve your standing with with the Father. You know? it's, it's not going to make him love you anymore because yeah. he's already loving you with the perfect, complete, eternal love. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my encouragement is find those things and do them with all of your heart, but don't do them to try and or don't do them thinking that you you know as a, a consequence you'll be loved even more because yeah. he, he can't love you any more than he's loving you now <laughs> yeah well it, um, it it reminds me of when i was a little boy when when my dad got my brother and i in judo and i was like six turning seven and and i i, I think it was the two months into our our training so i'm i'm a white belt just a beginner you know uh my our dad just drives us to montreal uh quebec which is it's like a six seven hour drive and uh you know i'm you know all i'm just trying to do is make him happy right i just want to make my dad proud and i get on the the, the judo mat and within 10 seconds the, the the guy's got me on the ground holds me to, you know, down and i lose like you know a 10 second man you know for for six or seven hours of driving for a weekend and you know just the 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 sense that every time i, I fought a judo match because and it wasn't that anything my dad you know intentionally communicated with me but i i felt like love was on the line it was like i couldn't emotionally afford to lose because i felt like if i if i lost i let my dad down and and then you know of course then shame comes and all those things and and like how much do we do in our life like our christian life like relating to god feeling that our our productivity or our performance that the love of god is on the line and i think it can be very subtle in some ways but you know like to me even like for for me is if if i you know, have the confidence if I've had a good day or good devotions or I shared with somebody or something happened and maybe then do I feel a little bit more boldness to come before the throne of grace, you know, rather than the day when I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, worried or fearful or discouraged, you know, and the truth is, is that we are equal as accepted and loved and welcomed on the worst day of our yeah. life as we are on the best day. And I think when the more that the Father can convince us of that, you know, and I think, I think that our life here on earth is be about being continually convinced that we're loved. And like, yeah. like you said, like how we love our kids and our grandkids, you know, it's like how much more does our Heavenly Father love us and believe in us? And he, He's not nearly impacted by what we think, you know, as far as our good days and bad because he loves us full stop and it doesn't mean that you do things intentionally to sabotage your life or anything else like you said you do we do the good works we look toward those things not because they it's not because to get love it's because we're loved right and that just totally changes the perspective yeah i remember one day barry i was um, i was actually driving my car and <laughs> i found the father say to me um you know mark I will bless what you do and you know that that's wonderfully encouraging isn't it mm. you know because we have the father who loves to bless you know yeah. and he just loves to bless his kids and he just said mark I will bless what you do but you know what he said next don't you it was that word 
but <laughs> you know mark i will bless what you do but and then he said but it will be limited mm. to what you do mm. and that's very true you know our father blesses us because he loves to bless he's generous he's kind he's you know he's gracious he loves to bless his kids and he blesses what we do and this was at a time in my life when i was working full time and i was doing quite a lot of father heart schools and conferences and i was coming back exhausted mm. you know i would do the week and i would get to the airport and come home and it's just like i am knackered <laughs> you know i was just wiped out and i come home and i go to work on the monday or the tuesday and then back into the swing of everything and i thought you know and i thought this is just crazy this is not the life of rest you know mm. we're promised and then the father said you know mark you know i'll, I'll bless what you do um but it will be limited to what you can do you know and then he said but if you get out of the way yeah. <laughs> and let me do it you'll you'll see so much more and mm. You know, that was a turning point for me because I decided that when I was doing the Father Heart School or whatever, that it was going to be less of me and more of him. Mm. And I wanted to create a space where people could have an encounter with him, mm. not an encounter with me. <laughs> and something changed then because all I know from, I'm, you know, I still come back tired. Like, you know, I come back from Uganda two weeks, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm not exhausted. Mm. And the difference is, is, is letting go and resting in him and saying, mm. hey, hey, Father, how about you doing it this week? Yeah. <laughs> and that has been so releasing to, to me personally. Mm. Um, I, you know, I could have carried on and done what I did, but um, I just felt Father speak and say, hey, you know, we can do this together. Or mm. in fact, you know, I can do it and you can just come along for the ride. And I think, yeah, I'll come along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it, it, it's again, it's that letting go mm. and say, hey, Father, it's, it's, it's over to you. Yeah. It, um, yeah, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, to just to add to that, you know, this idea of what we can do in our own strength. Like it, yeah. it, when we, what I've, I've, I'm learning, I forget, I'll, I'll tell you, I forget time to time, but I, what I'm learning is that when I am operating in my own strength, there's a limit, like you're saying, right? So if I can lift a yeah. hundred pounds of weight, then that's my limit that I can't do yeah. any more than that. And so what ends up happening is my own strength gets in the way. Because then I go like, okay, what is reasonable? What can Barry do? What's his endurance? What is his his, his capacity? What's his intellectual ability? And then that is my box that I'm in. But the yeah. more that I'm realizing that I can, um, you know, and it just be cast every care onto my father's big strong shoulders and and permission myself to be weak. And, and have my strength kind of get out of the way and realize that when we are 
weak, then it's the power of Christ that is made perfect in our weakness. And that how much can, you know, my big brother lift? He can lift a lot yeah. more than a hundred pounds, right? It's he could lift the whole universe if he if he wanted to. And I think, you know, and we've learned that, you know, over and over and you know, on kind of repeat uh with the Father's love letter and so many things that have been impossible over the years that we could not possibly uh, do some of the things that have happened in my own our own effort, but it's just when we're little, when we're small, when we're helpless, when we're weak, and we say, "Papa, I can't do this," and and then, like you said, you get that experience where then then he he just loves to show himself strong for his kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's it's um, you know you mentioned the verse. It's in one of Peter's letters, isn't it? Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Um, and of course he wants to do that for us you know he wants to take our burdens he wants to lift our he wants us to he wants us to give him the cares of life mm. you know but I saw something a while ago and I think you know it's, it's it's he wants to do much more than just lift the rucksack lift the backpack off our back yeah. you know we, we think we've got this heavy backpack on and we just take it off and say hey here you are you, yeah. you take my backpack and you know i'm i'm off you know and he's got the backpack but i the the, the verse in deuteronomy chapter 1 29 to 31 where moses is talking to the people and he says don't be terrified don't be afraid of them the lord your god who is going before you he will fight for you as he mm -hmm. did in egypt and in the wilderness there you saw how the lord carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place and yeah you know, god really wants to take the the weight of the backpack off us mm. but i really believe he wants to do something more he wants to carry us mm. as a father carries his son mm. and it says in you know it says there all the way he carries us all the way not mm. just through the bad times he carries us through the good times mm. and what i love about this passage is Moses is talking to the people of Israel saying, hey, God's the father. He wants to carry you. Mm. And the people were doing what they did best. They were rebelling. Yeah. <laughs> even in their rebellion, the father wants to reach down and pick them up and carry them. Right. And that's what he wants to do for us. He wants to carry us as a father carries his son, carries a son. And, you know, that's the greatest place of security for us to, to mm. be in. Is when we're carried in his arms mm -hmm. yeah both barry and i have, have um, often used the um team hoyt video yeah in our um teaching sessions and you know this is this is many of you know the story it's it's a father and a son who do the iron man triathlons and uh the thing is the son is completely disabled he can't do anything and you know his father pulls an inflatable dinghy on the swim with his son in it he puts him in a seat on the bike and pedals and he puts him in a seat and pushes him and when they get to the finish line you know the father's absolutely done in but the son just goes yeah we did it we did it we did it yeah. and it's like you know who did all the work yeah. <laughs> and it's just such a beautiful picture of yeah. how the father carries us when mm. you know we think we we're competent we think we've got it all together but yeah yet he says hey hang on mm. my strength is perfected in your weakness mm. and 
it's it's very humbling to let go and mm. say, Father, I'll let you do it. But that's the place where, you know, I, I think that there's something that when we get to that place of dependency and weakness, that it's not that we are loved anymore. We've already said that, but it's like we, in our vulnerability, we are able to experience being loved more. Yeah. It's not the the father loves us any differently. It's 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 when we are in that place. It's our um, it's our um, ability to receive love mm. that somehow is changed by uh, our open heart. But don't you think that's because there's no illusions of us earning or deserving it? At that point, Absolutely. we are we are naked, we are bare, we have nothing yeah. else to to bring to uh, offering. We are just ourselves, and it's just like yeah. in in that place. And I honestly believe that's the cry of of the human heart that we just want to be loved for who we really mm. are, uh, weaknesses, yeah. warts, and all. And and to be able to believe that God loves us that way. Uh, it's just mm. beyond anything that uh, you know. Even the best parental love and the best family love, it, it pales in comparison with that eternal affection that the Father has for us. You know, and I, when when you mentioned about being carried, you know, I think of Isaiah forty six, verse yeah. one, one to one to four, and you know, and again, God speaking to Israel, even in that moment, He says, "From the moment you were conceived." Even to your gray hairs in your old age, I am he who has been carrying you. I will sustain you and I will carry you. And so, you know, when we think about the older we get and we start, you know, we we, we kind of disconnect from that, you know, foundational childlike need to be carried. But, but even from God's perspective, seeing Israel, he always had this father's heart. And like you said, he did Israel know they were being carried? even though he, from God's pers perspective, he was carrying them. And I think that's yeah. the truth for all of us. We, he's carrying us each, each and every one of us right now. And, yeah. and it's, it's, it's not about, it's, I think about what the permissioning ourselves to become weak is just becoming, a, 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 just awakening in us the awareness yeah. that we are in his arms and that we are weak and we don't have anything to prove. And I, I just believe there's a, there's just a rest that I believe the Father wants to, you know, yeah. bring to our hearts that, you know, this is, this is, it's not a fairy tale. This is more real than anything else yeah. we could ever hope for or imagine. Yeah, I, I had a um, conversation with a guy on the plane on the way home. Um, and he was on his pilgrimage to Mecca. Mm. And we had, a, we, we, had a, we had a good conversation. And... Um, you know, he said something, and he he said, um, um, "I can't remember how we got into the conversation." But he, he um, I told him I'd stopped working as an accountant, and you know, I was now doing other things. And he said, "So, how do you feel about that?" And I said, "You know, fine." Uh, I said, "I'm really satisfied inside." And he said, "Oh," and we talked about satisfaction. And he said, "How do you know you're satisfied?" And I said, I know I'm satisfied because I know who I am. <laughs> wow. I said, I know that the God I believe in is my father. And he just loves me. 
And this guy said, no, no, no. He said, um, it's, it's, it's all you, you've got to be doing, you know, how you've got to do stuff. You've got to, you've got, you've got to earn something. So I just said to him, how do you know mm. when you've done enough? I said, no. how do you know? If you're talking about this great God, your God, my God, you know, you know, this huge, great God figure. Yeah. How do you know? How do you know when you've done enough? Yeah. I said, I don't need to know whether I've done enough or not, because I know that I'm loved by him. And it's mm. irrespective of anything I do. And that's what makes me satisfied. That's what gives me true contentment. Wow. And he said, hmm, satisfaction. He said, that's the word of the day. He said, <laughs> I said, yeah, that's the word of the day. And it's the word for you, my friend, because wow. you will never be satisfied because you will never know that you've done enough. Right. But I know that I don't have to do anything in order mm. to be loved and accepted. Mm. And, uh, you know, we obviously had a very good um, conversation about that. We, we, um, we, um, we parted with our differences. <laughs> um, but, you know, how do we know? How do we know that we're enough? You know, how do mm. we, and to me, it's about our identity it's about us knowing that we're sons and daughters and mm. see if we think we have to do and achieve and be the question is how do you know when you've done enough right how do you know when you have enough how do you know when you've become enough and you can never know no. and you know satisfaction that contentment of our hearts is nothing to do with what we do it's it's resting in our true identity as sons and daughters yeah and that's, I think, what Paul, throughout the whole of his two letters to the Corinthians, is really sort of exposing for us. Yeah. You know, he starts off First Corinthians with, you know, um, you take the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and he ends up at the end of two Corinthians with his thorn in the flesh and the power of weakness. And, mm. um, you know, he, that's a huge secret it's, it's offensive isn't mm. it it's, it's it's offensive to a lot of people mm. because it cuts right through their false identity it cuts right through their fig leaves yeah and you know when we let go of all of that stuff and as you said barry we we're, we're naked we're vulnerable yeah that's when we know we can't do anything we are loved wow and full stop end of <laughs> we mm. are loved <laughs> And so for me, this, this whole question of weakness comes out of our, us knowing our identity. Mm -hmm. You know, my kids, my grandkids, my grandkids particularly, of course, because they're very young, you know, they're, they're humanly weak. They can't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they come to me, can, you, can I help them? Can I, can I help them do this job? You know, can I help them reach something? Can I help them put something on the table? And it's like they know they just need me. <laughs> yeah. and of course, we grow up and become too sophisticated and we think, oh, we don't need God. But actually, mm. we just need to come as little children, knowing mm. that our father is our father. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, when you when you mentioned about Paul's revelation of when, he, when we're weak, then we are strong. I think <clears throat> sometimes our interpretation of what that means is that <laughs> when we're weak, then we become strong and then we're no longer weak anymore. But yeah. I, I truly believe because Paul was trying to get rid of that thorn, that thorn kept with him, 
So he kept yeah. being weak, right? And it's like, I think the idea is it's in the midst of our weakness. Yes. That we find the strength of God on our behalf. And, 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 and it's not that we become strong and we're no longer weak. Because I think sometimes that can be preached. That's like yeah. you're weak and that your weakness is the gateway to the strength and you're strong and you're never, you're never weak again. No, I think it's in the midst of continually living in weakness yeah. that we, yeah. we, uh, yeah. we find the strength of God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you think Do you think we should um, maybe transition into maybe a time of just praying? And I don't know if anybody who's listening either live or afterwards, if this resonates with you, if you've we've had a any kind of struggle in this area. I mean, I think it's part of the human experience. I think we've all struggled in this area of, of, of the, the pressure to be strong the pressure yeah. to have our life together. And I just feel the Father, even in this very moment, He just wants to love on us. He just wants to encourage us. He wants to remind us that how how valuable we are in His sight. And so maybe we can just, you know, take a take a moment and just, mm. yeah, just, just soak in His love. So Father, we, we thank You that yeah. You could never love us any more than You do right in this very moment. And you could never love us any less than you do in this very moment. And Father, you know what we struggle with. You know our, our weaknesses. You know the, the fears we have of being vulnerable. And, and we, you know the expectations that people have placed on our lives that are just too hard to bear. And in the midst of it, Father, you're loving us to life. You're encouraging us. You're convincing us more today than yesterday that you really are our Father and you love us. And our big brother Jesus, in our midst of our weakness, that his strength is perfected. Yeah. So, Father, I just even think that it it might be a risk for some of us to to dare to believe that that we don't have to be strong in our own might, in our own power, in our own ability, that we could actually be little, that we could have that transformation of heart where we could be like little boys and little girls reconnected with our need to be loved, yeah. our need to be fathered, our need to be protected, our need to be provided for financially our need yeah. to be rescued. So Father, we just want to come to you as your little boys and little girls today. And we just ask, Father, that you would rescue us mm -hmm. in any circumstance that we find ourselves in, that we just need a Father and a Father's love. Yeah. I just encourage you, just if, the, if Papa is speaking to you at all, that if there's something in your life where you feel the, even the pressure to be strong, and have everything together that it just that the Holy Spirit would speak and just bring freedom in those areas. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, thank you. Father. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Father. And Father, we just where we failed, where we feel we failed, 
and shame has come upon us that has caused us to hide. And where we try to overcome that shame by trying harder in our own strength, Father, I just want to just very simply ask, Father, mm -hmm. that you would lift that shame off and your love would embrace and draw us in and your love, your loving kindness would tell us that we are enough mm. because we are your sons and daughters. Father, I just ask that you would lift shame off. Yeah. And where we've hidden away from you, you would draw us back into the light and the life. Father, help us to see with the eyes of our hearts that your love is not a reward for good behavior or mm. good performance, but your love is just there because you're, you are love and you can't help but love because that's your very nature. Yeah. So Father, may, the, may, may your loving arms just draw us back into your embrace into the safety and security of being with you. Yeah. Father, thank you that perfect love casts out all fear. The fear of being good enough, the fear of performance, the fear of not being accepted. Mm. Father, your love drives all that fear away. So Father, just let that fear go, yeah. that shame go, and draw us into that place where we are naked, vulnerable, open before you. Thank you, Father. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen, yes, thank you. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. It's uh, Mark and I never take this for granted that you would, our friends and family around the world would want to spend a Wednesday <laughs> with us. <laughs> with us. Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, whenever it is. Thank you for joining us. Yes. And yeah, uh, yeah we just pray every blessing upon you. May you just. Re yeah, just find that place of rejoicing in your weakness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Yeah, we'll be back again. So Same yes. time, same place. <laughs> All right. So bless you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week.